Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey, welcome to the American Liberties call. It's May 24th at 7.05 p.m. And tonight, t- uh, tonight I scheduled the call, Never Give Up. Because, you know, there's a... In, 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 in what we're striving through on a day-to-day basis, mostly with our government more than anything else, our government keeps throwing things at the people to keep them busy, to keep them uh, unfocused on what they need to be focused about, or you know, or they get sidetracked in in the different things like you know driving and and trying to text on a cell phone at the same time. That's what they got us doing. If even if we don't have a cell phone, they got us thinking about something else and crashing into into some place or something else because we weren't paying attention to what we need to pay attention to. And so I kind of labeled this call to never give up because you got, you know, we got to stay focused. When you you are just one person. As a body like people on this list, we, you know, we we become a a couple hundred people. Whether they're not on the calls or not is irrelevant because a lot of them miss the calls, but listen to it later. And um, and so, but the 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 point being that like the IRS has got tens and thousands of employees, and and so they send one to throw a, a letter campaign at you. Then they give up, and another section division has another letter campaign and this campaign and that campaign. They keep just throwing things at you, and you're just one person battling all this crap. And um, and so I know sometimes it's frustrating, sometimes it's hard, sometimes you just sit and shake your head. Why did I even bother with all this stuff? But you know that's what freedom is all about. That's what that's what we need to keep going, and we know you know we need to keep our target. We need to keep focus on the target before us, and whether we never succeed in getting to it, you're helping others by your example of keeping the fight up, and and most important. Don't get sidetracked on these irrelevant things like the Constitution doesn't matter anymore. The courts don't follow the statutes. You know, I'm not the old cap's name. I'm not this. Status is freedom. I'm not that. It's all about freedom. It's all about liberty, the American liberties, okay? And I think in some instances Congress is – you know, as crazy as they are, and and as you know, 
why did they come up with the Bill of Rights uh, for the taxpayers, Bill of Rights? Because that's damaging. When, when we get a hold of that, they codified it in 7803, yeah, 7803, parent three. They codified the Bill of Rights and one of the the primary things is that we are promised that we are to have a clear explanation of the law. Now, you know that is just not well. The law does doesn't apply to me. Give give me a clear explanation of it. No, you can't do it that way. You know, and and David has made it so simple for us. He laid it in our hands, the interpretation. And if you join the criminal complaint, you have adopted that as your own. And you can say to the IRS, here is my interpretation of the law. Can you dispute it? Can you refute it? Can you give me your interpretation? And don't tell me that the court cases, the Supreme Court cases that I rely on are frivolous. Don't tell me that the code that Congress implemented or legislated are frivolous. That, that's, that's, not a, that's not a clear explanation. I'm sorry. And you got to, you know, so you got to stay focused. You, you can never give up. If, if people were to give up, we wouldn't have the... Uh, the United States of America, as, as it was founded in 1776, because it, it was only 10%, I understand, of the population that made this country what it is. Not today, but what it was back in that time. And so, and it's our ignorance. It's the people's loftiness, loftiness, that made the corruption, you know, get hold, and now we got a much bigger fight to to handle. But we can do it. We can do it if we just stay focused and stay on target, and and don't get sidetracked by all this crap that's out there. So with that, and and other property says three percent of the population had turned this country around. Well, that's arguing. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. It's somewhere in the very low percentage, regardless, that made this country uh, founded on freedom. So uh, that that is basically my opening talk. And um, so I'd like to hand it over to Dave, who has kept me on track in a lot of issues, because like everybody else, I get sidetracked. I go down investigating other things and so forth, but I do it with an open mind to see how it could relate. Um, but I will never, ever, and I should say, and I shouldn't, should never say never, but it, I can't even fathom that I would get off on the foundation that David has built for me to rely on, which is a statute. The statutes tell me that I am not, or tells me that I should have a good faith belief that the code doesn't apply to me for this very various reasons. But if it does, 
how does Section 83 operate in your conclusion that I have taxable income or gross income? So, Dave, welcome to the call. What do you got to say? Thanks, Chris. Uh, as always, I'm not going to tempt fate. Um, my voice was really terrible yesterday. It's bad today, but it's better. So uh, we're going to keep this nice and short. Uh, the comment I injected uh, while you were speaking a moment ago was uh, that is, is freedom. <laughs> and uh, that's a notion in an email I received. Status is freedom. Uh, free, as free as uh, the folks I met uh, who said, you know, I've got this judgment against me. I was in prison for X number of years because I'm a sovereign citizen or whatever. Back to prison, the movement, status is freedom, you're wrong. I got an idea. So what you're saying is because you lost your status, you have to pay the income tax. You're subject to the motor vehicle code. That's a way of saying you don't have to learn anything about the law. You can forget the law. It's about your status instead. It's ignorance of the law school. The movement. Very, very short loop right there. Status is freedom. Oh, well, they didn't declare their status the right way. That's why they went to Britain. Shut up. Sound like Pete Hendrickson. Status is freedom. How did Section 83 operate in your conclusion that you owe an income tax when your status changes? See how the entire notion is built on a presumption that you owe the amount of money under statute, and you don't. Well, you owe it under statute. You must have blown your status all to hell. You must have stepped into a federal zone. Oh, didn't you notice that there was a billboard with a, a zip code on it? You drove right past it instead of stopping and running the other way. Oh, no, you paid the babysitter on Thursday instead of Friday. Now you're you're going to lose all your rights. What a pack of morons. You can't even teach these people. Just this single notion, status is freedom. Everything they say, you turn it around on them exactly this way. Whether it's status or freedom, uh, status is freedom, whatever, screw that. Uh, you owe the tax because you're a federal employee. You owe the tax because of this, because of that, because of this. You stop and you say, how did Section 83 operate in your conclusion that anyone could ever owe a tax on their compensation? And because they're morons and not scholars, they won't, show, uh, they won't shut up and go find out. They'll double down on stupid, and obstinateness will rule the day. It's that easy to blow the entire movement right out of the water. 
if you say anybody will ever owe a tax on their compensation under the tax code, you have to answer the question. How did Section 83 operate? In your conclusion, someone will owe this tax. Well, we don't have to know anything about the law. We're sui juris to the third power. Oh, I have to go now and cut this call short. The guard wants me back in my cell. How could anybody call that anything other than extremely stupid and you can't talk to them? They're, they're Democrats. They think that's civic duty. And screw the school curriculums that have done this to more than two generations now. In the 1950s, you could kind of trust government domestically. That's all gone. And now foreign and domestic, it's rape and pillage. You got these people out there going, oh, I'm sui juris, even if I go to prison. I'd rather lose my family, my relationships, and my reputation than, than learn how to defend myself because I'm sui juris. Okay? So we can't reach those people, and those people, I really, I don't have a moment for you. And uh, my arguments begin where all of the other arguments you've ever heard of have already lost. It's a different world called knowledge of the law. You're that far out of the mainstream that we have to refer to you like you just got here from the outer rings of some planet we can't even pronounce. How about that? Pete Hendrickson and his ilk have kept you this ignorant of the law. On TalkShoe 59615, I have an episode there, a very recent one. It might be the latest one, might not be, about Pete Hendrickson. Go download it. Tell all of your friends to go download it and listen to it because no one will talk about Section 83. It's been there for a couple weeks and still nobody has contacted me, but a bunch of people have downloaded it. Well, come on, Pete. We're waiting for you. Um, I've been I've been waiting for a great big bad debate from somebody since 1993, and the closest you're going to get to that is my interview with Lowell B. Craft on five nine six one five. The audio is there. It's also on uh, my YouTube channel wevgov.com. On the left hand menu column, when you get into the website, there's a link at the top called uh, it says YouTube too. Click on that, free tutorials. Uh, there's no excuse for the existence of the movement. They're doing next to nothing. A handful of people are competent, from what I've heard, at uh, releasing liens or levies. Uh, we happen to know one of them. Mr. Don Gron, I'm not on the on the uh, computer, 
I don't know if he's on the call. But he's actually succeeded in lifting liens and levies using my findings. There's a couple of other arguments he poses to him in the uh, paperwork he uses. So there's good work to be done, and everybody needs relief. But the rest of these people, they're proposing that you act in a way that will get you in trouble. That's what I protest. And the people that propose these modes of conduct know nothing about the tax code. Nothing. How does Section 83 operate in your conclusion that if I didn't do this, I would owe the money? They can't talk. And yet you've got the IRS in Revenue Ruling 2007-19 saying that Section 83 provides for the determination of what is to be included in gross income. Well, let's get into it. And the government goes, no way. That's a button I'm going to keep pushing. And uh, like Chris said, uh, never give up. And I'm not giving up when I say that I'm getting out of law. I've wanted to get out of law for 15 years. Uh, I'd make the world's worst attorney. Because uh, when I see somebody getting screwed over by the government, uh, it's personal. (laughs) And so I didn't get in this to be an attorney anyway. But... um, I've been trying to interest the American in the law for, uh, you know, April 15th was my 29-year anniversary. And uh, it's over for me. I got three people on appeal right now. And on the 4th, let me see, the 11th, 7th, and 9th circuits. And once they've petitioned the Supreme Court, I'm out. It's great. So uh, I'm not quitting. I'm abandoning my effort. And there's nobody that can pick up the torch because there's there's no attorney willing to learn anything outside of the box with which they're acquainted when, in fact, all statutes are in the box all the time. And so they're off the list of of possible uh, torchbearers. And then you've got uh, the movement. Nobody there is interested. Uh, What's-his-face McNeil? Is it Robert McNeil that uh, um, filed that lawsuit about the individual master file, which is always a... So, it's clerical error. That's the most you'll get the court to call error. And uh, it's um, okay. I had to gather my thoughts. Chris, yeah, take the call for a couple minutes. Okay. Yeah. You know. The um, uh, yeah, we'll get back to that. Uh, he says, "Don't." Uh, Richard Box says, "Don't forget South Carolina," and um, 
for the people that have joined the call since before we uh, started recording it, I'm just going to do a short commercial about uh, cryptocurrency. I got involved with a group of people that I've known, uh, some of them I've known for years. Uh, one of them was a Forex trader, made a lot of money, and he, and he knows about trading. He's in a uh, system called uh, Trade Coins Club that, uh, that trades the 10 most popular uh, e-currencies of, of the world. And he's making some good money. And um, he's helped me get started. And, uh, and so I'm going to start really f- focusing on that because I can see that uh, with this other system that I have to help people that have no money, that with just $20 one time out of pocket, they will, if, if they work it, if they don't work it, they're not going to do anything. But, and, and that's okay. I, you know, I, I'm only looking for people who want to work. Uh, in a year's time or shorter, they will be independently, uh, well, they'll be financially, pretty much financially free, where they don't have to, you know, worry about the next dollar. How often I'm thinking, gee, if I only had the money to do that or go here or go there. I mean, I went to Oregon a couple weeks ago, and unfortunately my daughters had to pay for it and and other people, uh, and I scraped scraped up a little money to go. But wouldn't it be nice if I could just hop on a plane and go see my niece and not, you know, for 30 years I haven't seen her. And so... And there's a lot of us that way. Oh, if I only had a couple bucks, I would do this or do that. You know, if I had a, enough money, I'd send Code Breakers Section 83 uh, book to every, uh, you know, tax attorney and, and accountant uh, on record. But um, I can't drum up enough support to do it. But one way or another, I do want to get that done. And so. I love that. Okay, so through crowdfunding uh, and and e-currency, I can get her done. So back to you, Dave. Hey, thanks. Uh, I was trying to do two things at once. On instant message, I had somebody badgering me. Uh, tried to tell them I'm indisposed. Anyway, uh, you know, uh, don't give up. Well, you know, uh, I pretty much beat this to death. And uh, there's nobody really to pick up the torch. I was saying the uh, anti-tax movement is a bunch of zeros. You tell them you can show exactly which laws the IRS is violating. And they refuse to even look at two arguments or one of the two. That's a loser. That's the opposite of due process. To... A due process is when you crank the law on the facts or you crank the Constitution on the law. And if you're not doing that, if you're pissing around with, oh, they play tricks with the individual master file, oh, they have this form, the OMB number's all wrong, when my work has been out there since uh, the middle of 1993, and you refuse when I'm the only one with the resume that I have. 
uh, the strength of the resume. And I got I got a real good one for the detractors. And this is funny. You can hear this. Uh, you you can hear uh, the people that know me can hear that I'm opening up a trap when I say this. And the the monkeys that you can't wrestle from the grasp of the movement's ignorance will immediately jump on me to discredit me saying that it's nothing, okay? So the people that know me will know that when I say this, I'm bragging about something that's really piddly, okay? I have actually written legislation for a lobbyist. Now, how how much of a mark, uh, how meaningful is that uh, that entry on my resume? How meaningful is it to have written legislation for a lobbyist and uh, a uh, a patriot movement moron will go whoopee, big deal, a lobbyist. There's a million of those, okay, and I want like fifty of them to chime in and say that. Oh, big deal. So what? You wrote legend. Oh, big deal. Well, aside from the fact that one of my publications is a book of over 110 proposed statutes I wrote uh, way back in 2003 uh, and a dozen proposed constitutional amendments that I wrote are in that book, this particular job I had uh, was to write legislation for a lobbyist. And then I'd pound my chest and say, how many people do you know who have done that? And they'll say, big deal. There's a million lobbyists. And they'll all jump together in circles of nine and and chant around the fire and laugh about David and nothing rhymes with David. And so they'll sound real stupid. Uh, Not a switch. It's really just sounding stupid by a fire instead of sounding stupid normally. But they would all jump in and pile on and laugh like hyenas, exactly like you saw the audience. If you went to YouTube and you did a search for Ann Coulter, Bill Maher, Donald Trump, (laughs) you'll have a clip clip with uh, Ann Coulter, and Bill Maher is reading questions from cards. And on one card he says, of the, uh, Ann Coulter, of the declared candidates, who stands the most likely chance of becoming the nominee? Or maybe it was president. I can't remember which. And she says, of the declared candidates, Donald Trump. And says so very sure of herself. And the audience and Bill Maher and the other panelists just died laughing. Laughed till they cried. And she got the last laugh. This is the same thing I'm doing to the Patriot Movement. Only I know the answer. I wrote legislation for a lobbyist and let them all jump around and and roll in their own urine like they do. Well, who was the lobbyist? Oh, we forgot to ask that because we're stupid. Yeah, Dave, who was the lobbyist? The lobbyist was former Uh, retired and former 
four-term Speaker of the House of Representatives of Texas, the only four-term Speaker of the House of Texas ever, William Clayton III. I wrote the legislation he submitted to the state legislature of Texas. He wasn't just a representative for four terms. Four terms is how long he was the Speaker of their house. That's who I wrote legislation for, 2001. So uh, then all of them would have to switch from knowing that I don't know what I'm talking about because it's no big deal to write legislation for a lobbyist. That's the one that makes them cackle like jackals. And the other mode then they would have to lapse into is, uh, oh, yeah, gang, remember? No experts ever existed, and so we can ignore it. And they'd go back laughing again. That's the democratic mindset. Democrat uh, leftists, they can't even reason. And yet, we all would be able to look at them and go, well, you really shot your mouth off too quickly, didn't you? He's just a lobbyist. Well, he's four-term Speaker of the House of Representatives of Texas, William Clayton. He didn't even ask me to write the legislation. I wrote it for uh, the group that had hired him as a lobbyist, and bingo, they gave it to him, and yes, <laughs> as a warm-up or introduction speaker at my seminar, he told the group of 750 women at Jimmy Dean's Ranch Banquet Hall in downtown Dallas. He told the group, uh, I must say, he's impressed me with his research. He said that about my research concerning their activities uh, in relation to the law that Texas had alleged they were violating. So, yeah, I wrote the legislation he submitted, and he was my introduction speaker at a seminar I did in Texas. Now, the more you learn about me, uh, either the further from the movement you'll place me in your perceptions of uh, who does and does not know what they're talking about, or you'll gravitate back to the movement and uh, probably grow warts all over your forehead, you know, like they do. So uh, it's your choice, but uh, since 2006, Chris and Chris and I have prevented more than a dozen indictments using my 1994 treatise. If you want some of that action, Chris is now accepting uh, five applicants for a joinder, affidavit of joinder to the White House complaint you see at twopotus.com, T-O-P-U, talk to me, Dave, T-O-P-O-T-U-S, Dot com. That's two president of the United States. And if you agree with the primary two conclusions in the book, you can join that complaint through our office. We'll process your affidavit of joiner, and then you qualify to wield it as your own complaint and uh, call Chris and say, I need 10 copies of it and pay cost to Chris to get the books delivered right to your doorstep so you needn't stand at a printer and print off a bunch of copies and staples in the right places, bulldog clips. 
uh, for the complaint. If you become a co-complainer, it's actually been published. It has an ISBN number on it, and you simply supply them with a copy of the book. And what you're doing with this by becoming a co-complainant is making the president a, an eyewitness to the fact that you don't believe you have a duty. Very important. And you're doing so with a published complaint. None of this is legal advice. Anything that sounds like that to you, just consider it something somebody else might do on a planet far, far away where the law matters. It doesn't matter here. I prove it on a daily basis. The best you can do in America is prove that you don't believe you have a duty. That's a standard the government will still apparently honor and not seek criminal charges against when somebody has that, oh, let's call it a status, if you want to jump in and out of the movement for a second. Uh, if your status is innocence, <laughs> like you don't believe you have a duty, well, why would they convene a criminal investigation against you? Boy, that would be a real good place to be, wouldn't it? To, to force the government to ask, you know, should we even bother with a criminal investigation with this guy? The record has tons of documents in it with legal explanations that we can't refute. And so, uh, and the boss will say, we got other people to put in prison. We're keeping Pete Hendrickson in business. <laughs> and so Pete Hendrickson keeps the jail bed, uh, the prison beds full. He keeps an army of IRS agents busy. They hired 4,500 extra IRS agents to handle the enforcement of the health care bill, and the health care bill didn't work. Only 20 million people ever enrolled in it, and so all those IRS agents have nothing to do. You think the government's going to fire them? No. Round up Pete Hendrickson filers. Round up OID filers. <coughs> Find out who's getting out of prison. Go lean and levy them into poverty now that they paid their criminal sanction. And the movement can't see this. It hurts. So uh, really enough of that. Uh, just be careful. Now, whether you buy my stuff or not, whether you go this direction or not, just know who you're looking at uh, and what to ask them. You're saying I would owe a tax? If I hadn't gotten the Social Security number, really? Well, how did Section 83 operate? In your conclusion, I would owe a tax. They've never even read it. And you're going to lay your reputation, maybe your future, on the line? You're going to go to prison for these people? So even, no matter what you think of me, no matter how little you're willing to do to learn, at least look at the right people, ask the right questions, stay within statutory language, and you have more defenses at your disposal than, uh, than you'll have in any other method or approach. Uh, all yours, Chris, and I don't really think I'm up to a couple questions. Uh, this is about it for me, so... Uh, uh, everybody on the call, wonderful head count. I sure appreciate the time taking it out, but uh, my voice is wasted, and I'll have to see you Saturday on 59615 here on TalkShoe, 59615. Uh, no confidence, and download the shows here at uh, 87488 
and at uh, 59615, especially the recent ones, a lot of litigation going on. For anybody on the call that didn't learn anything tonight, I apologize. Download the calls in the archive. We talk about this all the time. Uh, there's some heavy litigation going on, three cases on appeal, a couple of civil cases behind that. All of them are going to go to the Supreme Court unless we're able to... We're, we're beating the IRS like a baby seal, <laughs> and uh, it's just a matter of time before we find out what they're going to allow us to get away with as far as access to the law. So uh, we're heavy on the trail, and uh, just stay tuned. Take care, everybody. Dave, out. Okay, thank you, Dave. Um, okay, well, I don't really have much more to add to it. Um, I might be able to answer some questions if they're, if they're relatively simple, you know, because you got a guy here simple-minded. No, I just um, not articulate in, in as, as Dave is, but uh, uh, I will be sending some emails out regarding some new information that I received, though, that is interesting. Uh, let's see what North and Central Pennsylvania, is it? Yeah, hey, John. Uh, hi, this is John. I was just curious, um, who determines the value of a Bitcoin? Um, it, you know, that is a, <laughs> that's a great question. I have, um, I got a new talk to and I asked that very question, and he answered it. And I'm going to upload that tonight, and I will email that out to everybody. But the, the you know, there's over there's hundreds of different e currencies now, and they're like you know. And when I when, and I asked the same question, I mean, how how can you say Bitcoin's the best or this one's the best when there's so many? He says it's like the currency of of the nations. You know, you got Japan, you got uh, China, you got, you know, uh, rubles, you know, you got uh, uh, England and the pounds and all that. And I said, oh, okay, so what makes the coin more viable than than the other? And it's us, the people. And um, and I'm going to be sending more out because I can't talk from the hip that well because I'm in the learning stage myself, but the uh, but it is a fact that cryptocurrency and blockchains are changing the world and how we buy and sell things. And what's nice about it, there's no third party, there's no banks, there's no <clears throat> middleman, you know, and uh, ex- except for the exchange wallet, you may you know you may get charged three bucks for an exchange but when you buy something or sell something shazam the money's right there and it's not being interfered with by and by anybody else and you know when you have leaders like the guy that runs virgin uh uh virgin airlines i forget his name and and uh and Bill Gates and you know Bill Bill Gates says that uh you know it it's a phenomenal opportunity right now. Uh in fact Bill Gates, I got it right here, the legendary founder of Microsoft has put his weight 
behind cryptocurrency, particularly as low-cost payment solutions. Cryptocurrency eliminates the wiggle room for graph corruption and mysterious fees. It forces everyone to be honest because of a banker or any middleman try to change an amount. The blockchain will report it immediately and not accept the change, he says. So, you know, and there's a, you know, I really don't understand cryptocurrency. I mean, you know, I can probably get to the point where, oh, I sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I don't. Um, You know, and I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know what a blockchain is to anything else. But what makes one coin more viable than the other is the amount of people that that are using and accepting the coin. And, you know, don't forget, Bitcoin, when it first started, was was nothing. Nobody, I mean, you couldn't buy a, a, a you know, a pizza with it, you know. And, uh, and, and it took several years. But then in 2000, I think 2014, it started shooting up and, and getting popular. And then it went back down for a little bit. Now it's up at $2,500. So, uh, but there'll be a lot more information coming out because we're at the, we're at the brink of, of an opportunity here. And if you don't do anything, that's up to you. Uh, if, if you do something, we, I can help you start at, like I said, $20, one time out of pocket. And, and we'll help you and we'll work diligently on helping you make as much money as we can. Uh, I'm certainly interested, but I yes. would suggest you look up Tulip Mania. Tulip, like the flower, Mania. Uh-huh. And it's a, a phenomenon that happened in Holland, oh, uh, probably about the time of the American Revolution. And I think uh, it, it would enlighten you. All right. Well, uh, I, I will when I get a chance. I'll write that down. Tulip what? Mania. Mania. Okay. Okay. Thank you, John. I'll let you go. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Uh Gag, gag Mike or whatever. <laughs> how you doing? Good. How are you, Chris? Good. I just thought I would uh, comment there a little bit. Um, when you started the show earlier, you said that uh, Bitcoin was a fiat currency, that it's not a fiat currency. Fiat currency is, is uh, a currency that's, you know, valuable because of a government fiat. It's, you know, it's mandated by government. Bitcoin, Bitcoin is just a, an independent cryptocurrency that uh, you know you can invest in, and it has value because people believe that it's valuable. Well, I use it in the sense of I use fiat in the sense like gold and silver is a metal. You can you can dig for it, you can get it, and you can touch it, you can feel it. Where Bitcoin, you know, again, it's my ignorance. I may you know fiat may not be the right term. But, you know, if the Internet went down, if there was no more computers, what would Bitcoin be worth then? Well, obviously, if you lost the electronic medium of, uh, you know, the ability to transact in it, then it wouldn't be worth anything. Right. 
So that's what I meant by fiat. It's just not, you know, um, you know. But again, when you you know, let's to stay positive on it is you know we need to you know we need to increase our wealth using the the new technology. I mean, look how the internet changed the world. How we buy and sell, how we communicate, how fast communication goes all around the world, and you know, and how we get the news. And I mean, Donald Trump doesn't even buy. I mean, he wants to just you know screw the news. I don't need you. I got Twitter and I got Instagram and Facebook. I mean, the way we communicate today is all through the the new technology of the internet. So it's only ripe to have uh, now money, uh, whether, you know, Bitcoin, e-currency is what I'm calling it. And um, and so with that, you know, if you're making a, a lot of money in Bitcoin or e-currency, go ahead and buy gold and silver as a backup. There's nothing wrong with that as far as I'm concerned. And again, I'm not into trading and you know, I'm not a guy that, you know, knows all about money. There's, there's people that live for money, and there's people that just work for money. And uh, and I'm going to basically, uh, I, w- I want to put all my attention or as much attention as I can on increasing my wealth as well as wealth of others. And I can only increase my wealth by helping other people increase their wealth, it, it's the best way to do it. And uh, but I, I'll I'll I won't use the term fiat for a while until I get a better understanding. But thank you for that. Yeah, no, it's just a, it's just another thing, and uh, its value comes from its use as a medium of exchange, which is really what the value of gold and silver's value comes from. I mean. You know, gold being valued at whatever it's being valued at is only because it's hard to come by. You know, it has to be mined from the ground. That's why it's been a valuable money for thousands of years. Um, you know, an electronic medium of exchange, electronic money, can certainly be valuable in the electronic age. And that's the truth. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. And all we'll, right. Have a good day. We'll see you. Thank you. And there will be a call tomorrow night, a webinar, which I'll send out an email tomorrow about it. But other properties says you can print them out and hold them in your hand. What, e-coins you're saying? Uh, Cryptocurrency? Other property? You can hold, uh, you, you can print out Bitcoin? Absolutely, he says. Good. Well, see, again, I'm I'm going to. Um, the, you, we all have a lot to learn, and uh, so I hope those who want to learn will learn with me, and and let's and let's be successful in trading. I got some people that uh, uh, that are just absolute in this. I mean, they are they are moving with it, and I want to be a part of that. So. Okay, with that being said, God bless America, and this call is officially over. Thank you very much. 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.